Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. The Amelia Project would not be possible without the generous support of our patrons. This episode is dedicated to super patron Diana Birchenbreiter, who we will make disappear in a puff of smoke during a magic show at the London Palladium and who will reappear as a waffle seller in the Belgian seaside town of knock le -Zout. And now, on with the show. <sighs> Rosalie? Yes, ma'am. What fate would you expect from someone with the name Marie Antoinette? Oh, well, if I didn't know you were a royal, I'd say Marie Antoinette would do pretty well in life, madam. Sounds as sweet as plum jam, she does. And if you knew she was royal? Doesn't matter what her name is, madam. I'd expect her life to be like a nag with the trots. Which is? Stinky, loud and unpredictable. Oh, shut up, Rosalie. <laughs> oh, they should be here by now. The winds might not have been favourable, madam. They're onshore winds. Oh, you can't trust winds any more than you can trust a wasp in a pantaloon, madam. Oh, they promised they'd be here by this hour. Look, madam, coming round the cliffs. Oh, finally! Oh, bugger me with a baguette. Rosalie! But, madam, the flag, it's the skull and crossbones. Oh, we're in trouble now, madam. More trouble than a bishop's son in a whorehouse, I reckon. Why would that be? Why, they're pirates, madam. No, no. Why would a bishop's son be in trouble in a whorehouse? No. Isn't it obvious, madam? No. He might meet his dad. Right. The ship's approaching fast, madam. It's a lot closer than I first thought. It looks so small on the horizon. We should flee now. No. Look there. The figurehead. Oh, it's terrifying, madam. Looks like a burning bird. Do you know what this means? I know. It looks like the chicken I cooked last Christmas, madam. Burned that thing to a crisp, I did. I still remember how it screamed. No, Rosalie! It means we're about to meet the Brotherhood of the Phoenix. Land ahoy! Batten down the hatches! Ugh, what an unattractive vessel. There's white paint peeling off the sides. What a choice of colour for a pirate ship. Madam, that ship's so old it's been around since Adam's first nappy. Rosalie, can you please ease up on the similes? Just for a minute. I'm just saying, madam, the hull is taken in water like a road gutter sees piss in the morning, the yard arm's hanging off like a drop of snot, and the forksail is as wide open as a potato picker's arse crack. <sighs> Captain, are you alive? You think a rotten piece of wood will take down Captain Deadeye? Captain, she might be in need of some repairs. Repairs won't do it, Captain. 
she is dying. Not the small fancy. I won't let it happen. It is too late, Cubs. Oh, they're coming in very fast, madam. Oh, I don't know how. The sails are more ragged than a homeless man's crotch hair. Yes, the cannons! They've come loose! God, they're anyway! God. We are going to hit the shore hard! Just all winds, Captain! I cannot control her! She has got her own will! Your Majesty! Please, take a few steps! Back! The ship is going to crash! Unless it falls apart first. That scout in the crow's nest. He ought to come down from there with the speed of the guillotine. The mast's about to break. Shiver me timbers! Ah! There we go! Oh dear. Cut! Cut! We must move further up, madam. Come on! Quick! Come on! Poor sod, didn't stand a chance. The mask fell faster than a drunken cock. A drunken cock? Everyone knows a cock can't stand if it's had too much wine, madam. Are you talking about a bird or a... Amelia Project by Philip Thorne and Östen Ulsbeck Braga, with music and sound direction by Frederick Baden, and sound design by Alexander Dana. Episode 68 Marie Antoinette, 1783. Well, that's it, I guess. One drowned, the other caught in a crumbling ship. Were there really only two people aboard, madam? Surely a crew of two cannot man a whole frigate. Nor repair it, apparently. (sighs) Call the horses, Rosalie. This wasn't the salvation I was hoping for. As you wish, madam. Look! Look, madam! That one's alive! (laughs) Good grief. Oh, not on my shoes. Hi, apologies, ma'am. Lovely day for a swim. Oh, um, Queen Marie Antoinette, I suppose. The very same. Delighted, Your Highness. And, oh, and ye, fair wench. Mm. Good day to you, sir. (laughs) And you are? Sir Arthur Cutlass. The crew knows me as Cut. Which crew? Some of them may have deserted. They may as well. Your ship disintegrated. Aye. Oh, shame. Though it was probably time. 
The small fancy's been our home for the better part of a century. I was waiting for the Brotherhood of the Phoenix. You look like a pirate. Which are you? Both, madam. At your service. Uh, you haven't by any chance happened to see the captain, have you? Dead as boiled beef, sir. Yeah, oh no, that sounds unlikely. <laughs> no, 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 he's an old salt, that one. He's uh, probably just taken a choke. <laughs> oh, he was caught in the ship as it collapsed. That man has taken a cannonball to the chest. He doesn't croak that easily. Captain! Captain did I show a leg! Oh. Oh. Ah, there he is, see? Hobbling about over there. Scupper that. Oh. Good afternoon, Your Highness, milady. No, I'm not a lady. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. What happened to you? I headed for the Dongby, but the floor caved. I fell down through the poop deck all the way to the bilge. <laughs> then I think a scuttlebutt landed on me head. <laughs> Well, at least you didn't end up at Davy Jones's locker. Uh, I'm telling you, it was a close call. I know. Does it hurt more or less than when you were hit by the cannonball? More, but less than when I cut my eye out. You cut out your own eye? Aye. Oh, why? To justify the eye patch. It's very becoming. Thank you. That's what I said, yeah. It really suits him, it does. But, but you know, apparently we won't be needing it anymore. I think we just stop being pirates. Rest in peace, little fancy. Ye have served us well. Would you have any use for an old eye patch? Oh, oh your eye hole looks worse than the crevice of a leprous wench. Ah, not to worry, mademoiselle. I am planning to insert a new eye as soon as I get the chance. So, you're both alive. What now? What now? Now, me lady. We parley. <laughs> what? Rum? Ah. Oh. <laughs> oh. 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 Bites like an underpaid whore, that does. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh. So, you see. Oh. 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 Right, well, um, moving swiftly on. Your story, madam, please. From the beginning. Well, my story. I suppose it already began when I was a child. What did? Well, I'm the youngest daughter of Empress Maria Theresa and Emperor Francis I of Austria. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, I think I was a typical youngest child. Oh, how's that? Well, I was a rebel. <laughs> they called me maladjusted and bossy, but I just... Oh, I just couldn't be asked to listen to anyone. Especially not my tutors. Hmm? Why not? Oh, yeah, you have to think like this. The world works like that. Well, as far as I could tell, it didn't. They're either lying or ignorant, so I decided not to care. But I knew thoughts like that would not be appreciated in the palace. So I kept my mouth shut. Which basically meant never engaging in conversation. Then everyone thought my conversations were stilted and reckoned I was stupid. And then when I was 13, it was decided I was to marry Luddy. Luddy? King Louis XVI. Yeah, of course. But from the moment I entered the French court, I observed the same thing again. Lies and ignorance. Really? Do tell, what are the members of the French court lying about? 
Or ignorant of. That France is a country in severe disrepair. Really? Mm. In fact, it's almost as bad as your ship. The great kingdom of France in disrepair? <laughs> yes. People are starving. Are they? They don't have any bread. Then let them eat cake. But they don't have cake either. <gasps> That's a travesty. <sighs> Which is why I've tried to do what I've tried to do. And what's that? Covert political reform. Oh, man. Although, I have realised there's no two ways about it. France needs a revolution. <laughs> well, whip me haunch and call me a horse. This is, um... Surprising? To say the least. <laughs> I mean, you're a royal. A revolution means you'd have to walk the plank. Exactly. I'd be executed. Wait, wait. You want us to fake your execution? Well, yes. When is it happening? <laughs> That's the problem. It's not happening anytime soon. Um... Sorry, I'm, I'm a bit confused, madam. Um, you want us to save you from your execution by faking it, but you're not having an execution. Yes, that's the point. At the moment, no one is planning it. Right. Um, you're going to have to take me through this a tad slower. Uh, right, listen, it's simple. I want change. Right. But it's going too slow. Sure. But your husband is the King of France, so... So what? Can you not just get your husband to implement the reforms you want? <laughs> My husband does not have a political bone in his entire body. He's not running the country. He's just a figurehead. The king is about as useful as a blind horse in a riot, he is. <laughs> exactly. And before you ask, no, I can't do it on my own either. I've not been able to carve out a role for myself in French politics... I've never been liked enough to be respected and never respected enough to be liked. Why not? Because Luddy and I failed to produce an heir. But, uh, you have four children, do you not? I do, now. <laughs> well, then, in that case, you both do. No, just me. Uh, do tell. Do you know how Luddy makes love? D do I know? No, no, no. How, how would I, madam? I'll tell you. He introduces the member, then stays there without moving for about two minutes, then withdraws and bids goodnight. That uh, does not sound like it will do the trick. You think? Does he not know what follows the insertion? <sighs> I just think he's too lazy to exert himself. That's a damn shame, madam. We all know a bitch in heat is like a blue-balled baron, don't we? If she doesn't get her way, that's like kicking a beehive at a bell tower, isn't it? And that's like stabbing a bull in the behind. Was that, um, three or four similes? Oh, that's a lot even for her. So, uh, for a time, you were deprived of the pleasures of the flesh? Not exactly. No? I started indulging in the German vice. And what would the German vice be, madam? Lesbianism. Madam? I did not know that about you. <laughs> I met this woman. Jeanne de Lamotte. She's the most cunning person I've ever come across. She has French aristocracy twisted around her little finger. She managed to sweet-talk herself into a ball at Versailles. Then she went to powder her nose and sneaked into my boudoir. 
Jan is the best lover I've ever had. Well, to be fair, from the way you describe your husband, that wouldn't take much. I am sure it was a rewarding affair, but I am confident it did not produce any heirs. You're right. After eight years of celibacy, I had to take matters into my own hands. I had four kind friends help me out. And today, I've got four lovely children. Securing the line of royal succession in France. I couldn't care less about royal succession. No, oh, that's right. The Queen's a revolutionary. I had children because I wanted children. But also because it gave me a modicum of respect at the palace. As long as there were no heirs, too much attention was paid to me. With the children in place, those eyes were diverted. And I could finally do what I wanted. And what was that exactly? French nature is bountiful. Yet France is riddled by poverty. Why is that? I don't know. Because the wealth is not distributed fairly. For my chambers in Versailles, I've been doing what I can to get this country back in shape. For everyone. Working men and women. The average person on the street. How? If you ask the so-called revolutionaries, they'll tell you I've wasted the French state budget. On what? Luxuries. Dresses, jewellery, gambling even. They call me Madame Deficit. Oh, slanderous lies. Not at all. Sorry? Whatever they claim I've purchased, it's probably true. And, to be fair, they don't even know the half of it. It has been my secret weapon. Buying. Wait, 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 wait. Are you saying you're wasting the state budget in order to get the economy back on its feet? That doesn't make any sense. Not wasting. Investing. In things for yourself? You're looking at it all wrong. When I order a dress for myself... What happens? Well, ye... I have to employ a dressmaker, don't I? I suppose. When my hairdresser, Leonard, who happens to be the most fabulous hairdresser in the world, wants to create a three-foot poof for me with feathers, figurines and a model ship, what does he have to do? Um... Use a hell of a lot of gauze and metal and paper and pomade and postages and powder. He'll even have to hire an assistant. Two even. Right. My binaches need feathers from the French ostrich farmers, and my jewels need to be crafted by French silversmiths. Here's how I think about it. Each day, a silver livre should first be in the hands of a carpenter as he's buying bread from a baker. Then it's in the baker's hands as he's buying flour. Then in the farmer's hands as he's paying taxes. Then the next day, the queen orders an extension to the palace, and the livre ends up in the hands of the carpenter again. The lever does nobody any good lying in a king's chest. It must circulate. When in that circle does the lever end up in the hands of a crew of death-faking pirates? I've sponsored art and science. I've even encouraged the launch of a Montgolfier. Which is? A hot air balloon. Have you ever seen one of those? I really do believe there is a future in travel by air. <laughs> Humans travelling by air. I'm sorry, madam, but that's the dumbest thing I've heard since Father Lawrence claimed only men have carnal desires. Ah, do not be so quick to judge, fair lady. If man can travel across oceans like a fish, why not across the sky like a bird? Blimey! Air travel! Imagine! Madame, 
Your economical theories are fascinating, and your methods are as insidious as they are creative. Yet, looking at the purchases ye have made, ye do come off as rather... vain. Vain? If I was vain, would I refuse the world's largest diamond necklace? The Queen said no to a necklace. <gasps> Methinks the Queen is balmy. What's, um, what's this necklace? Only the most expensive necklace ever made. Value, two million livres. How? Oh, sink me! Two million? My father-in-law, Louis XV, had it made for his mistress by the jewellers Boomer and Bassange. But he got cold feet, fearing the public backlash from giving a concubine such an expensive item. So he cancelled the order. But the necklace had already been made. Boomer and Bassange had gone to great lengths to secure the largest and most perfect diamonds available. And now they were severely out of pocket. So a few years later, when Luddy became king, they tried to make Luddy buy the necklace for me. But I refused to accept it. Why? At the time, we needed battleships more than jewels. And I told Luddy that in no uncertain terms. I was wearing a battleship replica on my head at the time to really drive home the point. I suppose the ship you've got in your head right now does give you a commanding presence. This thing? It's a mere clipper. This is a recreational poof. Anyhow, the point is I have always put the French people first, even if it doesn't seem that way. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Fine. So you're not vain. And you've always put France first. But here you are complaining that no one is making you walk the plank, so your scheme clearly isn't working. Things are going too slow. My spending alone isn't enough to secure freedom, equality and brotherhood. Liberté, égalité, fraternité. For a while now, there has been something brewing among the people. A desire for justice. The idea of a French republic. Yes. We have heard speak of it, even on the seven seas. The problem is, the whole thing seems to have stalled. The revolutionaries need a push. Or rather, something to push against. They need an enemy. And you want to give them a royal adversary? Exactly. I want to use my public persona to pump the anti-royal sentiment. That should trigger the revolutionaries and secure the coming of a French republic. I want to fast-track the revolution. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Fast-track the revolution? You're telling me that Marie Antoinette in 1780-whatever said fast-track the revolution? Of course not. 
Marie Antoinette spoke French, with a German phrase thrown in here and there for clarification. I'm telling you the story in modern translation. <laughs> what? <laughs> Jackie has a problem with Marie Antoinette supposedly saying fast-tracked, right? But she doesn't seem to be bothered by the f fact that this con man claims that he's 300 years old and has faked the death of Marie Antoinette dressed as a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, that. Come on, continue the story. Light me all and call me a cannon. Fast-tracking the revolution. Yes, but I'm out of ideas. It seems people are so used to despising royalty. No matter how much I spend, nothing will push them over the edge. I need help. But why send for us? You know what we do. Oh, we know. You're like the mystical force that makes maggots eggs out of cow dung. Sorry? The Brotherhood of the Phoenix, they whisper. What they do is like when you have a fight with your sister-in-law and you get your face pushed into a boiling pot of coco van and you come out with your whole face burned off. But it's actually for the better because your skin looks so much nicer with the pockmarks burned off. Right. Yeah, um, as, as your servant points out in her highly personal way, we help change people's appearance. Or rather, their identity. We don't normally engage in revolutions. Why not? I'm asking you to kill France and make it come back with a new identity. <laughs> that is an intriguing way to look at it. So, our first job will be to make people hate you even more? Yes. Well, to do that, we'd need to create the scandal of the century. Go on. Hmm, let me think. Hmm, man of war, your great Aunt Mabel. Bring a spring upon her cable. Pirate as a wooden leg. And screw the top and drink the drinks. Ah, what? Ha, 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 what? Ha. Oh, this is good. What is it? Oh, ah, this is excellent. Well, <laughs> tell us. Oh, this is sure to see France bilged on her anchor. Oh, Madame Marie Antoinette, Queen of France, are you ready to be part of the most Machiavellian scheme France has ever seen? I called you here, didn't I? Yeah, post haste from the Caribbean. Right, here's me plan. That necklace you refused. Well, we're going to use it. What, I suddenly order another necklace and you think that tips the scales of public opinion? No, no, no. We're going to run a rig that's a lot more insidious than that, believe you me. Oh, we will place you in a position where, no matter how you interpret the evidence, you come out looking shifty as hell. Shifty as hell? That's a lazy simile, that. How about shifty as a hooker's knickers? Oh, oh yes, I agree, that is better. Mm, yes. Yeah. Right, right, here's what we do. Let's say you decide you want the necklace after all, but considering your public image, you decide to purchase it in secret. But then the public doesn't know. Don't worry, they'll find out. To get hold of the necklace, you'll use a series of intermediaries. Oh, we need an accomplice. Oh, how about your lover? What was her name? Jeanne de Lamotte. Yes. So what does Jeanne need to do? Wait, wait, wait. Our gallery of characters is not complete. Does the Queen have an enemy? An enemy? Only most Frenchmen, all of French aristocracy, my mother, my father and my husband. Well, we need someone whose reputation you don't mind tarnishing. <laughs> well, I really do despise the Cardinal de Rohan. Ooh, a Cardinal. <laughs> Promising. 
Who is this landlubber? He is a power-hungry sleaze trying to get on my good side in an attempt to weasel himself into Luddy's ministry. Sounds like the kind of bilge rat we're looking for. Mm, he always slaps my ass when he passes me in the halls at Versailles, but he doesn't like it when I do it back. He's a contemptible man and an ambitious idiot. Perfect. Jean shall befriend this Cardinal de Rohan and reveal to him that you find yourself utterly enamoured with him. <laughs> what? Jean is a good liar, but I don't know if even she could sell that. Mm, all right, well, then we'll let him meet ye. A secret rendezvous where you tell him in person how you feel. Oh, no, no, no. He'll hear the disdain in my voice. Hmm. All right. Um, oh, well, maybe it is better anyway if it isn't the Queen herself. Then ye can be somewhere else and have an alibi. What do you mean? Captain Deadeye, do you still know how to get a hold of Nicole Leguay d'Olivia? Any pirate who has cracked Jenny's teacup knows where to find Nicole. Who is Nicole de Guay d'Oliva? Miss d'Oliva is a Parisian lady of the night who looks so much like the Queen, she can make a living of it. How do you know this strumpet? <laughs> oh, I know how he knows. I was the one who gave her your face, madam. You what? Nicole, posing as the Queen, will promise to Rohan that all past disagreements are forgotten and that you're now... Looking forward. To what? A secret affair. Oh! Nicole will suggest that the most romantic thing the Cardinal could do for ye is help ye acquire the infamous diamond necklace. Now, it is essential that the payments cannot be traced back to the Crown, which is why you're asking the Cardinal if he can cover the down payments. You promise to pay him back later with interest, if you know what I mean. Oh! No, 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 don't worry, don't worry. It will never come to that. De Rohan will cover the first down payment, acquire the necklace and deliver it to me, posing as a valet. Time comes for the second down payment and the third, but so far De Rohan has not received a single livre from you. He is well off being a cardinal, but at some point he will have no more money to front. He'll be as broke as a carouser. But if De Rohan is out of money, Boomer and Bassange don't get paid. No! And de Rohan will send them directly to ye! Then what do I say? Deny it all, of course. You act shocked and upset. Because I haven't ordered the necklace. Because you haven't ordered the necklace. It's all been a ploy by the naughty con woman Jeanne de la Motte and her accomplice Cardinal de Rohan. <laughs> okay, but we want people to hate me. Have asked, we're getting there. I presume you can make sure Cardinal de Rohan gets arrested. Of course. Seeing him arrested at Versailles would be very gratifying. Ooh, I'll ask the guards to intercept him in the Hall of Mirrors as he's on his way to officiate Mass in the Palace Chapel. Good. When the Cardinal gets arrested, he will insist he is innocent. But it is his word against the Queen's, right? And I guess King Luddy will back ye up. He will. He'll be livid. But now you've just successfully blamed someone else. How does this trigger the revolution? We're almost there. This plan is too convoluted. Can't I just run around naked in the streets or something? Well, people will think you're crazy. That doesn't help us. So far, I'm not convinced. We've just come to the part I'm most excited by, the trial. Nothing can be proven, everyone accusing everyone. And that's good? Good. (laughs) 
The Queen will accuse the Cardinal. The Cardinal will accuse Jean de Lamotte. Jean de Lamotte will accuse the Queen. <laughs> Berber and Bassange will accuse anyone and everyone. The Cardinal will swear he met you in person. You'll swear you did no such thing, and a prostitute sharing your likeness will be called to testify. <laughs> I mean, it'll be a sensational maelstrom of confusion. Sure, it'll be a riot. But how do we ensure that I will be found guilty? Yeah, no matter. Of course it matters. De Rohan may be found guilty or acquitted. No matter. Ye may be found guilty or acquitted. No matter. I will be acquitted. All the judges are ours. Well, so be it. But... The only thing that matters is public opinion. When reading about this trial in the papers, what will people think? I don't know. They will think he orchestrated the whole thing. You wanted another shiny trinket and you've used Jandalet Mott and the Cardinal to get it. <laughs> Your plan failed, so you let de Rohan take the blame. Meaning you're no longer just Madame Deficit, but Madame Deceit. Woohoo, <laughs> neat! After a scandalous affair like that, only the worst of words will be used about Queen Marie Antoinette. The Queen will be remembered as a right old cunt. Hooray! <laughs> Wait! What about Jeanne? Whatever happens, she'll be found guilty. She'll be sent to Salpetriere, the women's prison. Oh, we won't let anything happen to Jeanne. Both since you care about her and because she still has an important part to play. She does? Aye. After a short while, we will help her escape Salpetriere. We shall sail Jeanne to London in the small fancy... <coughs> hmm? <coughs> what are you... Oh, blistering barnacles. I forgot our ship fell apart. We will arrange other transport across the channel. Then Jeanne will take refuge in London. How can she help us from there? Safely in London, Jeanne will publish her memoirs justificatif, in which, once again, she libels Queen Marie Antoinette. <laughs> if the revolution hasn't happened already, she will surely fan the revolutionary flames with such a book. <laughs> it wouldn't hurt if she wrote about our real relationship, too. Brilliant! Always throw in some debauchery for extra effect. Meanwhile, me and Captain Deadeye will publish salacious and degrading pamphlets defaming ye and discrediting the Bourbon monarchy. Ye'll become an enemy of the French people. And once royalty is an enemy, well, there's only one solution. A revolution. Mutiny. Beginning now. Captain Deadeye and I will stay in Paris and slowly infiltrate the revolutionaries. When the day comes, we will pose as executioners and build ye a fake guillotine. We don't want you cleave to the brisket. <laughs> Are you convinced yet? I am. Good. Let's heave ho. <laughs> Do you know what the funniest thing about all this is? No, what? The necklace. It isn't even pretty. It's really, really tacky. Ah, uh, th th that reminds me. Um, the bounty. Yes. How shall you be paid? Well, this will be quite the expensive affair. It will take years. We will have to take up residence in Paris, infiltrate the revolutionaries, run an illegal printing press, pay Jeanne. Do you have something in mind? Mm, how about two million livres? Can it be paid in the form of, say, a diamond necklace? You know what? I think it can. <laughs> so 
Sounds like a cheap price for freedom, equality and brotherhood. Mm. Oh, oh, we also need a place to live. Can you help us find a house in Paris? There is a small house in the shadow of Montmartre Abbey. I used it as a meeting place for my trysts with Jeanne. You may have it and make it your home. Perfect. What shall we pose as this time, Captain? I have been working on an idea for when piracy came to an end. What is it? A pair of travelling magicians. Ooh, that sounds fun. Two mages. And we can have revolutionary identities on the side. Les Deux Magots. Yes. Long before it was a café, there was a tiny shop here in Paris where two mages, Les Deux Magots, sold fireworks and mechanical birds and powdered dragon bones for rheumatism. <laughs> so that's why you're so fond of that place. Uh, yes, fun memories, Alvina. Fun memories. Oh, I miss the moustache. You know, it reached all the way down to my collarbone. <laughs> yes, I, I used to stroke it thoughtfully. <laughs> I can twiddle just the ends. picture that. <laughs> <sighs> so what about Marie Antoinette? What happened to her in the end? Well... What do you want for your new life? Well, for one, I'm more than happy to be rid of Luddy. The revolution will be the end of him, won't it? Revolutionaries give no quarter. Unless we fake his death, too. <laughs> Not worth it, I think. Well, dead men tell no tales. As for myself, I want to try living with someone I actually like. I'd like to start a new life with Jan. After Jeanne has published her memoir justificatif in London, we shall fake her death, too. Then we can set the two of you up as sheep farmers in the Carpathian Mountains. That sounds... hard. But lovely. <laughs> Me hearties, we have a plan. Do you have anything to toast with? Our wine cellar just... well, it sank... And your servant has finished the bottle of rum and is three sheets to the wind. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, I have a bottle of Verve Clicquot in the carriage. Rosalie, will you? As swiftly as a sparrow, madam. <clears throat> Verve Clicquot? What is that? Oh, it's just a sparkling wine. Mm, sparkling wine? I've never heard of that. <laughs> the winery was only founded ten years ago. But it is one of the best sparkling wines you can get. Well, I'll try anything once. <laughs> What's wrong? It's just... Ironic. You and me, we are the true masterminds of the French Revolution. Yet I will be seen as the dumbbell who caused it. Um, oh, thank you, Rosalie. <laughs> to what shall we drink? To clever dumbbells. To clever dumbbells. To clever dumbbells. To clever dumbbells and their servants. <laughs> oh, shut up, Rosalie. Oh, oh, boy, there. Up. there we are. Cheers, oh, cheers. Yarr. Cheers. <laughs> Bombs up. Mm. Oh, oh that, my Lord, that is a <laughs> Told you it was good. <laughs> you got another bottle? <laughs> Oh, 
stay tuned for the epilogue, but first, the credits. This episode was dedicated to Diana Birchenbreiter and featured Hayley Evanett as Marie Antoinette, Lindsay Sharman as Rosalie Allen Bergen as the interviewer, Hemi Yeroham as Kozlowski, Jordan Cobb as Jackie Williams, Aaron King as Mia Fox, Benjamin Noble as Haynes, Torgny G. Ondero as Cole, and Julia C. Thorne as Alvina. The episode was written by Einstein Ulsbuk Braga with story and audio editing by Philip Thorne, sound design by Alexander Danner, music by Frederick Barden, direction by Philip Thorne and Einstein Braga, production assistance by Marty Parzival, and graphic design by Anders Pedersen. A big thank you to Lawrence Owen and Long Cat Media for recording assistance. This show is made possible by you, our listeners. If the show brings you joy and you would like to support us with $2, $5 or more per episode, like leaving a tip when we release new content, we would be super grateful. Go to ameliapodcast.com, click on support the show and choose the level of support that makes sense to you. In return, you can listen to the show without ads and access bonus content. Thank you to every single one of you who is already a patron and a shout out to our super patrons. That's Celeste, Joes, Heat312, Rodney, Dulligy, Jem Fiddick, Auburn, Asant, Amelie and Allison, Stephanie Weitenhiller, Rafael, Eduardo, Vifas, Verastaki, Ashlyn, Brand, Allison, Throw, Patricia, Bornwagner, Bryce, Godmer, Cliff, Heisinger, Michael, West, Tom Putnam, Diana Birchenbreiter, Tim McMacken, Blythe Varney, Parker Percy, Sophie H, Natali, Aurora, Emre Chibi, Posh Baby Rentals, Florida, Lee and V. Hewardine, Mr. Squiggles, David Livingston, Tony Fisher, Tibby, Florian Byers, Courtney Mays Renson, Sunny D. Anomaly, Boo, and Jackie B. You are making a substantial difference to our lives and allowing this show to continue. More info on ameliapodcast.com. And now, the epilogue. We are missing one important detail. Hmm? What is that? A quote. What do you mean? What kind of quote? For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. That's the Bible, isn't it? John 3.16. To be or not to be. Hamlet by that Shakespeare guy. But the earth does move. Oh, oh, is that the Italian fella said the earth goes round the sun? Galileo. It is the epitaph on his gravestone. A Percy Moave. Ye would know. Ye carved it. <laughs> uh, what's your point, Captain? Even the maid knows these quotes. Pamphlets and trials are all well and good, but... Imagine a sentence you could repeat without even mentioning the Queen's name. Yet everyone immediately knows who you're talking about. You mean, a sentence to hate me by? To muck ye by, madame. Hmm. 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 How about, let them eat cake? What? Let Hmm. them eat cake! That's perfect. Hold on, no, but but, but I said that. Aye, and it was a perfect display of arrogance and ignorance. But may I have it? Uh, uh, Yes, of course. It's yours to have, madam. (laughs) Let them eat cake. Oh, that's good. I know, I came up with it. And that is how we helped Marie Antoinette fake her death. Mm-hmm. Why did her servant have a Cockney accent? 
It is Don't just it. a translation. Oh, everything's turning out all right, isn't it? It's as lovely as a drunk cock in the morning, this is. I thought you said a drunk cock couldn't stand up. Exactly. Then it won't cock-a-doodle you awake in the wee hours of the morning, will it? I'm still not sure if you're talking about a bird or a... The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.